Hello, everyone, and welcome to our brand new podcast series from Friday Night Counterattack and the mad, the mad mentor of Millie Chandarana. So, again, it's just me, Hams, from Friday Night Counterattack. I'm having another conversation with Millie, but it's going to be on a more frequent basis now. So, a couple of months ago, we had a conversation um, about uh, Millie's career in football and more about her platform, the Mad Mentor, uh, that we're seeing on Instagram and social media around as well which has been brilliant. And we thought, you know what, let's, let's continue more of this conversation. Let, let's learn a bit more about how we can develop further and how we can help you develop further as well on a confidence level, on a self-esteem level and in so many different aspects. And this will be something that I'm really looking forward to. Millie, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you very much. Yeah, um, I think it'll be a really good topic we've got going. Um, and thank you all for joining us going to be good to see how much we can discuss in this episode because this episode is episode one based on confidence so I'm looking forward to seeing um, a bit more about myself when I when I divulge into these um, topics of conversation and hopefully you ask the right questions which gets me thinking Millie so of course looking forward to this as well so uh, Millie first things first how would you define confidence as a professional athlete? Uh, So my definition of confidence would be something around self-belief, around self-esteem, having that self-belief to go and do something, um, whatever it may be. For me personally, in terms of like a professional athlete, the self-belief to go and achieve a goal, uh, like for example, self-confidence on the pitch, for me, looks like being aware of everything, knowing everything, getting involved in the game, things like that. but there are different strands of it. So it's a very, it's a difficult one. It's a great one, but it's a difficult one. Um, it's contextual, I think, confidence. It's a skill what you learn and it's contextual in different contexts. Um, not really a solid definition because it is very, it's, it's very hard to define. Um, go on, what are your thoughts? Uh, so my thoughts on confidence is basically about how you can trust in your feelings as well. That's how I see confidence, the fact that um, if I was able to speak on a public platform, I'd need to have confidence in myself and I'd, I'd have to trust myself to speak in a, in a certain manner. If I was to run five miles um, after, after a long day of work, would I be confident enough to trust my ability into doing that? It'd be rather a yes or a no. And it's, it's also down to experience as well. It's down to how people have actually learned how to deal with themselves and how to deal with their their flaws in a way and that's something that we'll be getting into further down um, the line as well because there's so much you can learn from your flaws and there's so much you can learn from in terms of other people's flaws as well which makes it easier for you because if you can identify that early you know where your weaknesses are and you know where you can um, prosper forward as well and we've got a little definition here just before we continue um, from the dictionary. Can yeah. I just interrupt you there? On that, the I've, it's just come into my head, the word confidence, when you were saying about trust, the word confidence, I'm sure that fidence comes from a Latin term, meaning Ooh, trust. Now, you, now you're showing off, Millie. Go on, expand yeah, on that. I, I swear, I've just, I've just picked that one from out, out of the depth of my brain. And I, I'm sure it means trust, honestly. That's brilliant. That's something I didn't know as well. So yeah. ho- hopefully that'll be something that people can pick up on when they're learning Latin as well. Which should be yeah. brilliant. But, no. <laughs> Nicely done there, Millie. But no, um, I kind of looked at um, the Collins um, dictionary version of it as well so in terms of a noun. If you have confidence, you feel sure about your abilities, qualities or ideas. And it's just make, making sure that you're confident in what you're about to say, because the worst thing you can do is bring out confidence in other people 
and not learn to bring out confidence in yourself as well because there's so yeah, many times when you see people who can inspire uh, a teacher could inspire 30 children in a classroom but she could be feeling um less confident in her own self and her own ability because she's the one spending a good five six hours a day teaching people and she's she's confident in her ability to teach but in her own personal life is she not com- is she not confident in, to- in talking about um just social things because she's she's not focusing on herself as opposed to her job and I feel that, yeah, that happens definitely. quite a lot as well there's a lot I think to- it's go on you tell no you talk I was I gonna think- say I think it's I you people must be aware of that as well like we must remember that it's the same for everyone do you know what I mean I think confidence is a massive thing and I think it's hard to define because it is such a big thing with everyone and everyone's definition will be different everyone will be confident in some areas not confident in different areas do you know what I mean and I think we all must remember that with each other yeah because one one other thing I like to I like to say personally about myself is um, the reason I developed a better amount of confidence and a better personal confidence for me is I became a lot more present in my mind as well and in myself in terms of the fact that um, the, I'll tell you later on in the podcast when I became less confident in myself but to to, to take this, to take, this uh, take the story short when I became more confident was become was when I became more present in myself and I actually appreciated things on the day that were happening so like for example I'm having a conversation with you at the moment having a podcast conversation talking about confidence instead of thinking about what's happening three four days down the line and worrying about things that I don't need to worry about at this moment in time because you never know what's going to happen and if you worry about things um before it actually happens it could end up just affecting your mentality in terms of um the way that you're thinking about it as well which is always a worrying sign for me yeah so what kind of things did you do to remember to stay present like did you just wake up one morning and be like, oh, I'm going to stay present? Or did you kind of read up on it? Did you kind of, don't know, how did you find out about that? So for, uh, to bring the story forward a bit, is basically when, um, it was during the pandemic when I lost my job and I started taking therapy for the first time and counselling for the first time as well. And it was when my counsellor was talking to me over the phone and she was telling me about appreciating the small wins in your life. When you appreciate what happens during the day, what happens well for you, what happens well for your loved ones and taking accountability for that at the end of the day. So it'll be the little things of, oh, I went for a walk today and I walked longer than I've, I've ever done for the rest of the month, which has been brilliant. Oh, I've applied for X amount of jobs and I got um, X amount of feedback from some jobs and potential some, potentially some interviews as well. I've been looking at cooking a different um, dish whilst we're in lockdown and learning different things about um, myself as well, what I like and what I dislike. And You've been you- cooking? Oh, I've, I've always been cooking, but it's like... What when you kind ha- of stuff do you cook? Oh, man, I, I can cook everything, Millie. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an amazing chef now. But once I was living with my parents, my mum was like, no, nah, you're not allowed in the kitchen unless you're doing the table or, or doing the dishes. I'm like, no, nah, that's sexist. <laughs> and she still does that to this day as well. So uh, when I was trying to cook in, in her kitchen when I was back there in the summer, she's like, nope, you've got to get out. I was like, mum, please. It's like, if you want to cook, cook in your own home. So I was like, no, nah, that, that's not great. Oh, God. But no, it, it was fun to it's fun to have a conversation with my mum and dad about it as well because again, it's not something that you would normally have a conversation with your parents about, or they wouldn't really um, want to have that conversation. They may feel scared because of their um, their past judgments as well. Uh, but realistically, it got me back on the right track and it got me thinking in a different mind state than I had done the 25, 26 years previously, and it made yeah. it a lot easier for myself to 
um, to have a lot more forward thinking in my mind as well. And, and how was that conversation? Like, it was did they hard. Take it well, or they they took it extremely well, my mum and dad. And it was great to have a conversation with them because I was like, look, I've this is the worst you've ever seen me. I'm I'm without a job. I'm gaining weight faster than I've ever done before. I have no motivation to get out of bed. And then my mum and dad were like, okay, we're not going to do the whole cliche of we're, we're your parents and we love you and this, that and the other. They, they needed to decipher what was wrong with me, what I could do better and what I could develop further as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, what, what we ended up doing is in a couple of months afterwards, I ended up moving out, um, working elsewhere in the country. So I moved out of my parents' home for the first time. And that's when, that's when confidence dropped again. Because in terms, right. of com- in terms of confidence for me, that's when a personal experience um, that I mentioned, um, that I'd be mentioning later on as well, in terms of I lost all confidence in myself because I'm just like, oh, I'm on my own. I'm finding these little things difficult in dealing with um, uh, like suppliers for energy and for phone bills and stuff like that. Before I'd have to like pay my mum and dad's uh, bills into their account. So I'd happily do that and they'd, they'd do it whenever they need to do it, which is fine. But for me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's just transferring money instead of dealing with the, the waiting on, on the call list and waiting for why these prices have just jacked up ridiculously. Mm-hmm. And you're just, yeah. there, you're just there like, oh, I'm kind of on my own with this and I'm kind of worrying about how I can do things differently. And it was, again, just one of those things that when you're staying present and when you're listening to the feedback you've got from your counsellor, you're just there thinking you have nothing else to worry about besides this today, besides this today, besides this today. Tomorrow will, will always come, but focus on what you have at this moment in time. Yeah. Do you think you needed that little push to kind of get yeah. you out of the house and do something different, I guess? In hindsight, it was a fresh start for me, which was brilliant. And it's one of yes. those things that when you're living with your parents, you're kind of understanding a bit more about um, how much you rely upon them. And you're, you're there thinking, like I'm there thinking like foolishly, oh yeah, people who live outside of their parents, they're fine, but you can see that they're spending all their money on bills. They're doing this, they're doing that. They're not having a good life. But then when I yes. moved out and I'm, I've been out for what, nearly two and a half years now, which has been great. And I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that you've got your own independence. You can do what you need to do. You're not always talking to someone who you rely upon and you depend upon. You're kind of depending more upon your own self and you're depending upon more, um, more independent thoughts you'd, you'd be having yeah. as well. And you then rely upon... Um, who you prioritize with your own time as well, Millie. You're then thinking, mm-hmm. who can I then, who do I want to spend my own time with? Do I want to spend it with um, some friends, some family, your parents, whoever? And it became great for me because then it, it gets your life in a better order and in a more um, regimented order. Let's, let's use that term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely understand. Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, it's always good to change. I think, I think people are very scared of change, but it's the best thing for us like we're always changing everything's always changing um and I always say like it's the best thing even with myself like mostly with myself when I'm changing something and I'm like I get scared I get nervous about it but then I think don't know two months down the line like look where I could be and then I stick it out two months down the line I am where I could have been do you know what I mean like yeah because when you're thinking about it that way as well you're thinking you're, you're never you're never progressing in your safe zone are you Millie that's, no, that's never been yeah. the case and when you're when you're learning things differently and when you're actually executing things differently it must have been very very brave of you to move over to Italy um, to play football so why don't you tell me a bit more about 
how your confidence um, rather gained or decreased when you moved across to Italy to actually play football? How did that uh, work so, for you? Okay, so the move to Italy. So at that time, I was playing in the third league of England. Yeah. And I'd been playing there for the last, I guess, four years, really. Okay. Um, so I was at Blackburn Rovers before that. And we were in quite, I think we was in the second league. Yeah. And then I moved to uh, university. And I was playing in, it was the second league at the time, but then we got relegated um, into the third league. So I was playing in that league for quite a long time. And then luckily, I knew that I just wanted to play football. Um, I was not confident. I wasn't confident in myself that I didn't have the potential to reach the higher levels, the second league, the first league. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, However, like I said, like, if you have a goal, you just have to go for it. Do you know what I mean? Like that, I wasn't going to let that stop me kind of. So I applied to different places and I did my research and things like that. And luckily I got the move to Italy and I didn't even think about it. Not once, not once did I think about how nervous I was to go there before I went there. Um, obviously I was going there to play professional football I was going in the first league I was excited I was like oh my god I'm going from the third league to the first league like it's insane like it was unbelievable to get that opportunity and I think it was the week before when I started to feel like a change in myself I started to get a little bit nervous (laughs) I started to like be a little bit don't know of what I remember a little bit angry with people around me why would you be angry? Not angry, just a little bit like anxious, I guess, a little bit okay. nervous about it. Yeah, get yeah. a little bit not angry, irritable, I would say. Okay. With the people around me, uh, because the time was coming up. And were, were you kind of thinking, oh, I don't want them to let me go. I want them to come with me. What were you kind of thinking to be a bit of, uh, to be irritated by that situation? Um, I don't know. I think I was just stressed myself. <laughs> Like, and it happens, you just, yeah. it, it definitely happens because back then I had no idea about like self-awareness, about like personal development. I had no idea about it. I was all about the physical route, like physical athletes. I was not really inclined by the mental side of an athlete. Definitely. So okay. at that point, I wasn't too self-aware, but from what I remember, I was stressed. I was a bit anxious. And anyway, on the flight over, I remember I was just awful like I was so scared of going to this new place I thought what am I doing like where am I going I got there and I ended up in the middle of nowhere like literally in the middle of nowhere of Italy like in some village with about 100 people everybody spoke Italian Mm -hmm. hardly anyone spoke English and I was thinking where am I (laughs) what have I done (laughs) like I've made a mistake what have you got yourself into here honestly it was one of the scariest times of my life. Like it sounds, it sounds silly, but when you're in the moment, that's how I felt. Do you know what I mean? And I was scared. I was thinking I've got to spend a whole year here with no English somewhere I don't know. And I'm in the top league all of a sudden. Anyway, it was the day I landed. The next day we were free. We had all our medicals. And then Thursday, we had training. Yeah. That training session, I loved it. And I knew I was going to stay there. 
the whole year. Like, and I loved it from that minute. The minute we stepped out on the pitch and we started playing, I loved it. My confidence was so low in that, that changing room. I didn't understand what anyone was saying. But as soon as we stepped on that pitch, my confidence skyrocketed just yeah. because I was so familiar with football and it's what I do. That's why I was there. Do you know what a, I mean? It was a common barrier to break um, down the language barrier. Exactly, yeah. Was. Yeah. Realistically, was... realistically, though, when you're thinking about it back now, do you kind of think that's the changing point in your life in terms of how you were going forward as a footballer? Do you reckon if you didn't have a great couple of first sessions, you'd still be there? For the rest of the year playing football or do you reckon it would have been something that you'd have thought you know what we've had a good run but I think I'll move forward with something else how did how did you kind of think about that if if you had that what if moment and it didn't go the way that you, you thought it went um I've never thought about it like that I've always thought like it's what I'm supposed to do yeah. like football is what I'm supposed to do obviously I have had ups and downs where I think maybe I can't reach the potential I thought I could reach but in terms of myself, I work at it. Yeah. If I don't think I can reach that potential, I work at it. And I make myself reach it in a sense. And one day there will be a limit. There will be a limit where I say, right, I've done everything I can and I'm not reaching it. And this is, this is, where, I, this is where I end up. But for now, I don't see that. Because that's what I'm, I'm kind of thinking of now, because the way I kind of do things nowadays is I don't do it as frequently. But when you're looking at things and you're thinking, oh, I want to do this, this, this and this, you think of what you've already accomplished and what you've already achieved at this moment in time. And you think of for me, I don't I don't have as much self-doubt. I don't have much self-doubt at all, to be fair. I'm quite confident these days, which is brilliant, because even at university, um, a lot of people are getting really worried about only getting like minimal passes and stuff like that. But my mindset was, like, I got a minimal pass, I'm not going to lie, um, about for one of my assignments. But my mindset was, it's the first time I've done an essay for six, seven years. It's the first time I've done a university essay in my life. It's the first time I've had to do things differently as well. So when you're coming on to a new thing, it's very, very easy to put yourself down straight away. But when you're coming on to something that you're common with, when you're comfortable with, like you were playing football as well, that must have done you the world of good for the rest of the season, Millie, in terms of the fact that, you know how to play football, you know what position you're going to be playing in and you know how you're going to bond with your teammates over the year as well. So there's that big difference in terms of from doing something that you've already done to just doing it in a different light. You're doing it in Italy, you're doing it with a language barrier, you're doing it in a different village as well from what you've told us as well. Everything's new, it's a new surrounding. Again, you're without your support network, your family and your friends as well because you have to start afresh. How, how did you kind of look back, at, back on it when you came back from Italy? Do you think wow, that was a really good achievement. I've done something really good here for myself. Or were you thinking, oh yeah, just another season of football? No, I mean, I think that that first year was the hardest. Like that first half of the first year was the hardest for me. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the language and everything, I did change positions yeah. during that season as well. So it's hard to like kind of move from one position to the other. Um, and I think, yeah, the language was the most difficult thing because... I guess in myself, I have always been, I've always had that barrier of confidence in myself, like speaking honestly. And I think that, like I said in the beginning, it's a skill, you work on it. And I did work on it a lot. But then all of a sudden, I went to Italy where 
I couldn't then communicate those things with people. I couldn't then be how I was in England. Yeah. I had to kind of figure it out and then adapt. And for me, that was learning the language. It was um, the biggest one was learning the language. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and through that, I did make a lot of friends. And I think just learning how to be myself without communicating, if that makes sense. Yeah, because you're in your own skin. You're in your own, um, you're in your own mind a lot as well when you're living alone as well. Maybe it's the fact that you're just there kind of thinking, who do I kind of bounce ideas off? Who do I get my feedback from? How do I get my feedback if I can't understand the language? Um, did you have a translator or anything like that at all at the club? Anything like that? You know what? We, there was five of us that were foreign and we yeah. all lived together. So okay. whether that helped or not, I don't know, because we didn't really learn Italian as such until the end. I started to I started to learn Italian at the end of that year. Yeah. Um, but we all kind of stuck together and I made really good friends with those five people. But I'm talking about like on the pitch and in training when people said stuff and they said it in like a negative way. It's like, but what did you say? Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, tell me what you said so I can do it right next time. Or like. If the mood was like down, we had no idea why. The foreigners had no idea yeah. what was going on within the camp. And things like that really got to me because you want to know everything. You want to do the best for the team. You want to be in the right position on the pitch. And to communicate those kinds of things were difficult. Do you know what I mean? You need that transparency and that clarity in, in your team as well to actually progress further as well. And that really like affects your confidence with things. It's like, am I doing it right? All the time. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> 100%. It's like you, you don't know what they're saying. So if you don't know what they're saying and they're telling you in a negative manner, like you said before, how can you improve what you're already doing? Yeah. And how do, you, how do you improve it in that way as well? Which is crazy. But um, the way I did, I did get over it, just to say, was putting myself out there and learning a bit more of the language, trying to communicate as such with the Italian language and the Italians that spoke Italian. Um, yeah. That must have given you um, better, better ability in terms of communicating with your, with your colleagues, with your, with your teammates as well. And how, how, did that, how did that feel when you're your own self-belief, Millie, when you're actually talking to them in, in Italian or even just communicating like one or two phrases? It was great because I could actually get my personality across and it helped me to kind of, get my personality across even if I couldn't say something in Italian yeah do you know what I mean it kind of helped me to build that confidence and speaking and saying look go there or like even saying it in English but with confidence so they did understand yeah do you know what it, I mean I think just throwing yourself in the deep end really because if you if you're if you're in if you're in the deep end you're already there and the way I see it is the fact that they can respect you for actually showing your personality at the same time you're not in a shell you're not hiding away you're actually showing that you're passionate about it as well. And that, that's, that goes one of two ways. That goes the fact that you care about what you're doing and how you want to develop further. But it also shows um, self-belief really as well. It shows that you're believing in your ability, you're believing in the team and you're, uh, you're believing you can do a lot of things further down the line as well for this team as well. And gradually learning Italian, like you told me before, must have been a, a big, self-confidence um increase in self-confidence for you Millie would you say yeah of course I mean then I could start to communicate with a whole nother side of the world um 
like it was an eye opener really like learning a different language honestly was one of the best things I've done like it was great it was it was great and I can't like emphasize it enough how important it is to learn a different language because I only know English yeah um which yeah again I wish I knew more languages um I wish I knew my dad's language um but yeah I think learning it definitely like something changes in your brain and it's great like it opens your eyes almost so much more to learn when you learn different languages as well and it makes it so much easier when you're communicating differently as well um if you were to go back to Italy again Millie what would be the one thing you would do differently knowing everything that you know the one thing I'd do differently you know what it ties in with this uh concept perfectly if I could say something right now the second year I was in Italy it was again it was a difficult year but for a completely different reason okay um I thought I was gonna sneeze don't worry it's okay (laughs) yeah it was a completely different year and a completely different reason I struggled with it the first year when I was in Italy I struggled with the language the social side of it the second year I struggled with the football side of it okay um, because it was a different style of football and there were very closed ideas from the team from the camp there was very closed ideas on how we should play football really there was a couple of us that had different ideas and the concept, the idea of the team was very different to how I saw our potential, how I saw what we could do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I struggled with that. Um, and I think if I would have been a bit more confident in myself to really take hold of what we were doing, because there was a few of us, different um, foreigners and different Italians that had a similar idea that we could have potentially have climbed the table mid table we were a good team but unfortunately we got relegated and the idea from the the idea from the beginning was to stay up in the league our aim was to stay in the league whereas I think the aim should have been to stay mid table to tell you honestly and I think if I would have had more confidence to say like look we're better than this we're better than what we're selling ourselves for I think it would have been a completely different story. So what were the difference uh, in tactics then, Millie? Were they just playing a certain way that they've been playing a number of years and you thought you could do better because of the type of calibre you had in the team? Was it something like that? It wasn't that they've been playing a certain way a number of years. It was more the fact they were playing a style to stay in the league, not to compete in the league. Ah, I get you. Yeah, so they're literally just worrying about survival and that was it. That was their end goal. Yeah, it was more defensive tactics. not really exploiting how we could win games as such. It was more about, yeah, staying up and defending. And in the end, it showed that we should have aimed to compete, not to survive in the league. That kind of leads me into another quote that I have here as well, Millie. Again, uh, just to go off topic, it's really about um, with Sir Alex Ferguson as well. So Sir Alex Ferguson said, all great leaders inspire great confidence in their people. And it shows that, um, over the last 30 years of his managerial reign, he actually inspired confidence in his players, in his staff, in his um, in, in everyone really that he worked that worked under him as well. And 
he was saying, I try to instill confidence in my staff and players through providing selective praise and recognising their worth. However, it's important my team are not overconfident as this can lead to poor performances and complacency. So going back to what we were just talking about, Millie, having their end goal as surviving relegation was such a low bar to have. And given the fact that they ended up getting relegated, the coach, I would probably imagine, would be regretting how we went about that season because there's so much more you could aim for besides just surviving. Because if you just go for surviving, that could be the best you can do. And if the best you can do is nothing great or nothing special, it could lead into complacency in the team. It could lead to poor performances. Um, but you know better than I would how the performances were in a team, really. So would you say that has something to do with the confidence in the players? Did the coach inspire confidence in the players? Yeah, I mean, first of all, like with a quote like that from Alex Ferguson, it just shows you why he was the best for so long. He demanded yeah. excellence and he knew how to work with people. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. It wasn't just, it wasn't just the motivation in people. He didn't just instill motivation in people. He did that, but he did everything else as well, from the tactics to the um, discipline, everything he did. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why there's, there's not been a coach like him since, unless it's Pep Guardiola, obviously. Yeah, because he instills confidence in all of their players as well. I can't even yes. lie about that being a Man United fan. When you're looking at it, you're looking at players like uh, Raheem Sterling or Joshua Kimmich or uh, Sergio Busquets um, that is managed previously as well. You're looking at the development of these players and the, the longevity of a lot of these players as well. Still at the top level, still doing really good things in their teams and their countries respectively as well. And it goes to show, if you instill confidence the right way um, in people, they'll instill confidence back into you as well. Exactly. Like, if you look at John Stones as well, like, look at him now. Yeah. He was, he became great. Like, I didn't think he could become that good. And then he kind of lost it a bit, but he stuck at it, didn't he? he um, carried on, got into the England yeah. side again. First exactly. Back. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone needs that leader, kind of, to instill confidence Definitely. in their players. I think that in terms of the question you asked before about my team, I think that, yeah, I, for me personally, a mindset like that makes me feel a little less confident okay. in myself and in my team. A mindset that, a survival mindset, we're just going to survive in this league, make, made me feel a little less confident in myself and in my team. Um, because I think we, individually, we were great. And I think together we had the potential, like I said, to go mid-table. I think we could have I think we could have stayed in the league easily and competed this year in the top yeah. league. Um, and I think that when you start off with that mentality that we're not as good as the others, you're defeated already. And if you're defeated already, it doesn't really it's, it's harder to go from uh, a bounce back ability point of going from the bottom straight to the top again. But if you're already at the bottom as well. It's hard to, to move forward in that way. It's hard to instill new confidence and new ideas and new self-belief from the coach down to the players or from the coach down to the staff as well. Because you're just there thinking you're almost reigned, you're almost um, accepting defeat. And if yeah. you accept defeat in that way by showing up with, with these negative tactics and these, these negative thought processes, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with the players, I'd imagine, really. Was, was it like that for the rest of the players as well? Not just the front players, but for the players that were there already. I mean, it did, honestly, it did create a divide within the okay. team. Um, I think we were quite divided. I'm not sure how much I should tell you about this. but I No, think whatever you're comfortable with. 
from my point of view, we were quite divided at some points yeah. um, on ideas on the pitch. Um, and I think that's not a great environment either to have. Um, but, I mean, we did our best. Do you know what I mean? We did our best with what we had. I just think we had the potential to go higher. We had the potential to do more with the players we had. We had quality players last year. And, yeah, unfortunately, we just did fall short. Even though the belief was tried to put in us, I think the whole umbrella of we must survive was really what kicked us down. Yeah. No, I can, I can imagine. Because, again, yeah. moving on to our next topic is who inspires you or who brings confidence out of you, Millie? So I'm just going to go straight in for it as well and ask you, if you had to name three people, people you know, people you've read about, people you've watched on TV or listened to online, if you can name three people who inspire confidence into your, who instill confidence into yourself, who would it be, Millie, and why? That is a really good question and it's very difficult to answer. You knew we were talking about confidence today, so you, I, I thought you'd be having at least the basics for the basics right. Go on. Who, who have you In got? terms of other people, I'm not too sure, really. It's a it's a very difficult answer um, because, like I said, I've kind of worked at the skill of confidence myself. Um. And I think I've done a lot of I've done a lot of reading around it. And I'll tell you one thing that really helped me was a book by Jody Spencer. I don't there know if you've go. heard of him. No, I haven't heard of Jody Spencer, but you can tell me and the listeners a bit more about him. Right. He's a guy, and I don't know him personally, but he's mm. a guy who kind of advocates for all like mental well-being in a sense. Yeah. Um, kind of like personal development okay and he's very into like the meditation side of it yeah he's very interested in the mind um he's a doctor and he's done a lot of research on how the mind changes through different stages of or different states so in terms of like different brain waves like delta um alpha he analyzes which brain waves you process when you're doing certain activities like meditation for example brilliant yeah and he's very like interesting because he is sciencey as well as like psychology so yeah. he brings like the science and psychology together so his book uh what i read it's called becoming supernatural and it's basically how you can he's got another one called breaking the habit of being yourself and i've not read that one but basically, it's how you can change your mind, how you can change your habits, which is very difficult to do. But that is kind of the book that started all of this uh, change in me, I guess, um, changing how I think about things, like my mindset on things. That's the book that kind of helped me. Uh, that's my big secret, actually. So <laughs> No, that's OK. That's, that's a good reveal for episode one of the podcast as well. So. Um, would you say that book kind of changed your life, the way that you looked at things, the way you perceive things as well? Would you say would you say that's a big influence on what you're kind of doing now, Millie, for yourself and for the? It's kind of yeah. Sorry, it's kind of cliche to say that a book kind of changes your life, yeah. but I guess it did. Do you know what I mean? It kind of changed my mindset and that. So yeah, 
books are knowledge at the end of the day you get a lot of things that you can learn from in, in different types of books like for me I'm a big fan of autobiography books as well so currently I'm reading the Carlo Ancelotti book on his management and his leadership as well and for me who study in coaching and management and wanted to get into management it's a great example of learning more about how to deal with the human element of instilling instilling confidence as well and we mentioned Sir Ferguson previously, but with Carlo Ancelotti currently at the moment, uh, managing Real Madrid and getting them further up the table at the moment, at this time of speaking anyway, getting some of their players who were lacking confidence last season for the last few seasons, it shows that it's, it's a mental thing. It shows that it all starts from the mind. It really all starts from the mind of how you perceive things and how you can do things as well, because you're seeing the likes of Eden Hazard score a couple more goals this season than he did previously under previous managers. You're seeing... Uh, Vinicius Jr. for Real Madrid scoring a lot more goals and becoming talked about as a future world beater because of the way he's playing under Carlo Ancelotti as well. And it was great to see how we had Carlo Ancelotti in the Premier League as well after he was at AC Milan. So when he came to Chelsea, got them winning the league. Um, he did really well in, in that season with them as well, which is great. But when you're looking at um, someone who really instills confidence into you as well, it goes to show that it can be just a little thing like reading the book. It could be something mm -hmm. as spending an extra 10, 15 quid on um, literally just playing a sport with your friends or spending time with your family in the right way as well. And it makes it easier for you as well because I was telling um, my friend recently as well, she was going on about how uh, her routine is basically just going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home and seeing the same people day in, day out. I'm like, if you're doing that all the time, it's insanity. You have to spend money on yourself. You have to spend money on how much you think you're worth. And um, she ended up starting some new um, exercise classes, meeting some new people. And it was great. It was fantastic for her to develop herself further and um, branch out in the new social aspect for her as well, which made it so yeah, much easier. And it's so nice when you hear people um, get their feedback as well, because I've been in that rut of being doing the same thing again and again and again. But at the time I'm thinking, oh, I'm fine. I'm OK. But when you do things differently, when you try, like when I, when I started boxing, for example, once upon a time, I started it for, and I did it for a whole entire year. I was like, there's, there's no one that can stop me in doing boxing. No one did. And I didn't get, I'd, 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 I'd like one fight. I'd one amateur fight. I won. It was fine. But I'm just, uh, I'm just, yes, I'm one and I'm undefeated. But I'm, <laughs> I, I'm literally just there like, this, this is so great for me. I wanted to try it. And I tried it and I continued to do it again and again and again. I developed myself into someone who I thought everything I do, I have to revolve myself um, around three things. So, First of all, it's my religion. Second of all, it's my family. Third of all, it was boxing. So it wasn't even work or social or anything like that. So for the year that I did it, after, um, after the, the year that I had as well, I was just there like, you know what? Thursday boxing, Tuesday boxing, Saturday morning boxing. Let's carry on with it. And it was fantastic. I enjoyed every moment of it. I enjoyed going into a ring. I enjoyed sparring with people twice the size of me. I wasn't sparring with them. I was just watching them spar because I'm like, you know what? That's such a cool thing to do. To continuously fight and to develop yourself differently as well and it's a great feeling to do it because when you're thinking about doing something for years and you never think you're going to do it mm. it was never the right feeling and one time I just thought you know what I've been thinking of doing a, um, a combat sport let's try it if I don't like it I don't like it but let's, let's give it a go yeah I, that's great how did the boxing affect like the factors what you said how did it affect like your home life your religion just discipline really it really worked it really worked on my discipline it made me comfortable in who I was as well and um I, I can look back in it now thinking I've never been as more disciplined even now than when I was in that year of me doing boxing 
continuously as well because it'd be something I'd be looking forward to. It didn't feel like a chore. It didn't feel like, oh, I have to go to the gym because I hate going to the gym. I really don't like it. It's a chore for me. So I'll, I'll always do I'll always do sports instead of um, the gym. I'll go for yeah. a run. I'll play football. Um, I'll go I'll go do whatever, whatever it is. But if I go to the gym, nah, not for me. I, I don't particularly like it. But Why is to, that, though? Why do you think that is? When, it, when, it, when I used to go to the gym, I was perfectly fine when I'd be going with, like, my friends and stuff because we'd be there to kind of push each other uh, differently. And it's quite fun. But I went, like, when I was a lot younger, around 18, 19 years old. So... Um, I'm not going to reveal my age on this podcast. I probably have in one of the other episodes, but um, basically I, I enjoyed it when I was with people. But when you move out and you move and you live by, you live by yourself in a way, you're just there like, oh, I'd rather do other things than be around. Because when you're living um, and you only know like two, three people in the area in, in a new town that you're in, you can only spend so much time with yourself before you kind of feel that you're, you're running yourself into the ground. Yeah. You're just there like, oh, I'm by myself for dinner. I'm by myself going out. I'm by myself driving, this, that, and the other. Yeah. So it's, it's always nice when I get to do like a podcast recording or I can chat with my friends or I can go back to my parents' house or something, which is great. But I think that's more it than anything. Because when I feel like I've got someone to compete against or I've got someone to not prove a point, but to show that I'm progressing with, I think that works well for me. So when I'm playing football with my friends, with one group of friends, I can just turn up and play football. It's fine. But with one group of friends, we'll fully joke about and talk about our goals our saves our tackles for the rest of the week until the next week happens as well and I like that competitive side of it the, con- the competitive side of things makes it a lot easier for me to uh, to progress myself because you can always look down and you can think what can I do differently next time what can I research about to make my th- myself better at this bit or that bit and yeah and the not... gym just doesn't give you that nah, when there's... you go along the gym doesn't do that for me. And I know you're a big gym person, Millie, so you're the complete just, contrast. You know what? I'm just interested because I work in a gym and I see a lot of people like lack confidence within the gym. Like they're not confident to go in certain areas of the gym. Do you know what I mean? They're not confident to lift weights and things like that. So I'm just wondering, like in terms of like daily life fluctuations in confidence, that's an area that a lot of people surprisingly struggle with. Um and my job is to kind of like break those barriers of, yeah, you can go and lift weights. We should lift weights and things like that. And it sounds really small, but it, it's not really. Um, no, not at all. In even... terms of daily life, it's a massive thing. Go on. Yeah, Just no, give I... me a few examples of what you think. So even with that as well, when I was at the boxing gym, the boxing gym would have their weight sessions and have this, that and the other. But I've never felt intimidated by doing something in the gym because someone else is there or there's a bigger guy there or there's a group of guys there as well I can't I can't speak from the female side of things that you know when a female's by herself and there's like loads of guys around the gym I can't speak on that on that respect but for me when I would go to the gym it'd be oh I'd go I'd do my normal routine if I have any more energy I'll do 10-15 minutes of something new which would be great and I enjoyed it it was fun but yeah. when you're in a in a boxing gym where people don't have their headphones on and you can talk to people and you can be social about things and you can ask people things, that's yeah. what I enjoyed more. That's what brought more out. But it brought me not out, at the time. I'd be I'd be at my shop, but I was bringing myself more into conversation, which was great because I'm just there. Like there's this big, huge guy who's like a a, pro, a a former professional boxer, and you're just there, like asking him questions on how to punch, how to stance, how to jab properly yeah. as well and they give you all the time in the world boxing people are some of the most lovely people you'll ever meet in the gym really 100 oh, that's great because you're just you're literally just there like asking 
like I was at I was at a gym when I was living with my parents. The, the same gym, I should say. Um, but uh, Fabian Edwards and Leon Edwards, who are in the MMA, they would go to that mm-hmm. gym as well. So uh, Leon Edwards is in the UFC and he's been in the UFC for a good number of years as well. For any of our listeners watching, they'll be like, oh, you saw Leon Edwards. I was like, at the time, it was just Leon to me, which was cool. And like people would go in and take pictures and stuff, but I, I never did. I regret it now because I'd have been like, oh, I met a, a UFC boxer and stuff like that. But people were like, oh yeah, we don't believe you. Like, I did, but yeah, yeah, it yeah. Happened. But it, he'd be like telling me how to punch, be telling me how to start, he'd be telling me how to bring my arm back properly and get into position, how to make sure I'm getting the best out of my fitness. And you're just there thinking, unless you're like with me, the contrast to the gym towards the boxing gym was the social aspect for me. That's what mm-hmm. made it easier for me in terms of um, I didn't go for fitness. I did it because there was some, some suppressed anger in me and I wanted to get it out. The best way I could get it out was to go to boxing. The suppressed anger was me realizing that I'm at a certain age where I haven't done certain things and I could be doing things better. And you know what, instead of listening to a lot of this, this conversation from different people, from work, from home, from social, you're just there thinking, be by yourself or be with people who are like-minded to you as well, or who you want yeah. to be like in the future. That sense of community, I guess, as well. 100%. I couldn't do that yeah. at the gym, because the gym is different people every day. The boxing yeah. gym would be open certain amounts of days for certain sessions and for certain people, uh, certain age groups. So you'd be around people who are like-minded of you. There'd be people who had been doing it for years, but they, they, they couldn't care less if you're a brand new person. They, they wouldn't take it easy on you. They'd know that if you want to do something, you have to do it right. You can't compromise in that way. Yeah. Another thing on that, I think that in a commercial gym as such, a lot of the self-confidence issues or the, a lot of issues where people don't use the equipment because it's in a certain area, they don't go into that certain area. A lot of it's to do with self-image as well. And I guess that links in with massively with self-confidence, um, a lack in self-image. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Self-image is something that I really can't relate to, to be fair, Millie. Um, So in terms of like, you know, when like when you get like Indian people going, oh, yeah, you've gained some weight or you've done this with your beard or you've done this with your hair. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like like, for me, it doesn't matter because I'm I'm comfortable in myself 24, 7, 365 days of the year. And I always have been and I always will be. So the fact that people still like to make comments oh you've gained weight or you've lost weight I'm like when people are like oh wow you've lost weight I'm like so that brings value to me then that's yeah. nev- that's never had a, um, a part in my life when I thought you know what I need to worry about what other people are thinking because I know for a fact I can lose um, so much weight within two three weeks and I'm good perfectly fine eat right exercise right sleep right recover right which is perfectly fine but yeah. in terms of self-image um, on, a, on, a, on a broader aspect Millie I'm kind of thinking with a lot of people nowadays, with the likes of social media, with the likes of um, competing against other people for different things, not just for jobs, but for um, just making, for keeping up appearances. For someone like me, who's, who's on social media, but mostly because of like the podcast that we do and, and the things like that, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's important to be yourself. It's important to have confidence in yourself because there's only one you. At the end of the day, there's always going to be only one you. You can't be someone else. You can never be someone else. Um, you can never do a, a John Travolta and take someone's face off and put them, um, stitch it on your face as well. You can never do that. But I, that's, a, that's an old film reference if you didn't get it, maybe, so don't worry. 
it's not a, it's not a horror thing or anything don't worry it's no it went over my head that that's fine that's okay okay you can't you can't clone someone then you can't cl- you can't be a clone of someone if you get that yeah. star wars reference or anything like that so that's that's more relatable oh, i'd say <laughs> don't worry I'll be, I'll be making loads of film references on the series really um i'll have to no, brush up on it no no it's fine it's whatever you're comfortable with but no, with, with me, Millie, um, I'm very comfortable in, in being me. Like, there'll be times when my mum will be like, oh, yeah, you've done really well um, since I've last seen you in terms of exercising. But then she'll say something like, oh, but don't do it too hard or don't push yourself too hard. You'll be too exhausted or not spending yeah. enough time um, doing this and doing that. But I'm like, they're always going to have their opinion. People always have their opinion, which is great. But yeah. the, the only opinion that matters is yours because you're your own worst enemy at the end of the day. If you walk out of a gym after 40 minutes and you're not sweating and you're not drenched in sweat and you're not exhausted, you haven't done your job. Unless yeah. you're you unless you're you, Millie, who actually works at the gym and your job is to help people do that. Yeah. Well. But, <laughs> unless that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless that. Um, but you kind of get what I mean. Like for me, it's something that I've never been able to relate to in terms of, oh, I have to worry about my self-image or stuff like that. My, like the right. clothes that I wear are nothing fancy, nothing special. Um, I don't use particularly expensive um, product on my body or anywhere yeah. else, which is fine. But I take pride in the fact that I'm happy with the way that I am as well. I, I'm yeah, happy yeah. with having sometimes longer hair growing out. I don't mind it if it's a bit um, puffy every now and then. It doesn't matter to me. But <laughs> I, I, know no, no. A lot of, I know a lot of people listening, a lot of people that will follow us, they care a lot about their self-image. They want to make sure they've lost enough weight to look the right way or they've got a goal in mind for what they want to look like. But for me, it's about as long as you know you can do it and you can do it from laying that foundation right, you're absolutely fine. It's like, yeah. it's like if I was to say today on this podcast, by the time um, April comes along, I'll be looking in a much better shape than I am now because I've been, uh, the last couple of weeks, I've been inside just relaxing, doing nothing. But I know when the routine starts again of going back to studying, going back to work and going back to fitness, I'll be looking just as, as as good as I normally do, which is perfectly fine for me. Yeah, no, I understand what you mean. I think from, I think it's great though, like what you've said, I think it's great that you can be comfortable with yourself. And I think that it's something that I've worked hard on throughout the years. I think that years ago, talking like school life, uh, growing up, those kind of teenagers, I did struggle a lot with self-image and self-confidence. Okay. Um, because I was kind of in a school that where not many people were the same as me. Not many people liked sports. Um, sports like football, I should say. Yeah. The girls were very girly, whereas mm. I was a little bit different. So I was kind of, I decided to try and fit in with them. Whereas maybe I should have stuck to what I liked and gone down that route but at that time I couldn't I struggled a lot with the self-image kind of thing okay and I think that a lot of the things I've done in my life where I've got to today is because I wanted to be better I wanted to kind of there was something inside me that needed to be better than I was do you know what I mean and I think it will always be there and that's what's going to make me continue to grow I guess but that's just for me personally um and I think that having that kind of push it's a little bit from the dark side of psychology I would say having that little dark side what makes you push to do better yeah 
Do you know what I mean? Because you want to be better. Um, it's hard to explain, but do you understand what I'm trying to say? I think the dark side of um, psychology and to, to motivate you is something we could do in a whole different topic for a whole other hour. Because I've got I agree, so much... but I think it's brilliant. Like, it's, I love it. It's, some, it's something that a lot of people are scared of talking about, but I'd have yeah. to talk about it on a future episode as well because there's so much to learn from. But the thing, the, at the end of the day, it's fair play to yourself to making sure that you're doing something that you've always wanted to do and what you wanted to push for as well because a lot of people will never get the credit for being different. We're all on this world to be... Um, ourselves and to show a bit of difference and a bit of uniqueness and everyone nowadays wants to be something different and they want to do something but they're trying so hard to do it in a in a in a famous type of manner it's the fact that they always want to try and show off and be like oh wow I can do I can do this I can do that I can do this and they want to show off in a certain way but when you're looking at it from hindsight if you're comfortable with the way that you're doing it yourself you're absolutely yeah. fine and if you're absolutely yeah. fine no one can stop you with that. No one can break your confidence and no one can yeah. ruin your self-image internally. It's only externally, but you have no control of how it works externally. It's, it's only about how you do internally as well. I agree. And like, you've just got to work at it. Like, that would be my main advice. Just work at it. Like, if you want something, just go and work at it and go for it. Like, it sound, like I said, it sounds cliche again. But everyone who, who's ever said that in the world is right. Just work at it. Do you know what I mean? They're right. Let's finish off this podcast with three tips between us of how you can build your confidence, Millie. So that was probably number one, I'd say. Just work on your confidence, work on your yeah. self-belief going forward as well. Um, second, second one from me, I'd probably think of, I mentioned being present, so that's kind of already in there as well. I'll, I'll mention another one in terms of standing up for yourself, making sure that you're taking care of you. Yeah. I've told this to a lot of people that, if I don't care, take care of me in the way that I want to take care of me, who's, who's going to do it? Because I'm not a child anymore. Um, a lot of people aren't children, even though they act like children in their mid-20s and stuff like that and their teens <laughs> and stuff, which is, which is how it is these days. But when you're thinking about how you want to develop yourself, you can't rely on um, pushback or feedback from other people who you love and who are close to you to think, oh, yeah, that if they agree with me, I should go and do it. Because when I, when I started this podcast, Friday Night Counterattack, no one really wanted me to do it. They were like, oh, but you'll be on the internet. You'll be doing this. You'll be doing that. You'll do things silly in a silly manner. I'm like, it doesn't matter because mm -hmm. I have nothing to lose by trying something different, by trying something that I want to do. And it's something that I want to develop further. And um, yeah, two years down the line, a year and a half down the line, sorry, I should say, um, continuing to do it and trying different things on this podcast. And it's great. And meeting different people. Um, exactly. Like, like, yeah. Like Look at you now, silly. yeah. Well, Look at you now, Millie. You're on, you're on the third one for us to choose from. So. <laughs> the third one. Okay. I would say habits. Um, just get those small habits going. Mm -hmm. um, try something new or put something new into your daily routine and stick to it. Yeah. Uh, and that it ties into journaling as well. It might be like a flimsy term journaling to some people but you know what you know what Millie for the sake of this podcast from now on I'm going to start journaling and seeing how it works for me because I've never done it's, it you know what it's great honestly it's I'll, great just I'll, note I'll, down different things in your day like for example last week I um struggled a bit with an injury hmm. and I started to, to record my food every day my food intake every day my nutrition what I was eating yeah. And I realised I wasn't eating enough. Okay. So it it having it down on paper really reminds you. Or like 
write something down what you're going to do for the day, write three goals what you're going to do for the day and stick to them or three goals you're going to do for the week and stick to them. Um, and that will automatically like help you to do them and make you stick to them and develop your confidence that way. Definitely. And that's something that everyone can listen to, they can learn to and they can reflect upon as well if they already do journalism um, for themselves. Because it's, 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 it's how I see it, it's self-journalism. You want to write about yourself, you want to write about how you can be better, what you've done differently. And um, if you want to learn different things, write it down on a piece of paper and look to learn from things, which will be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to your answer. Oh, God, I'll, I'll let you know. Hopefully I'll stick to it. It'll, it'll be good. But I'll, I'll probably do it like every, every Sunday I'll do it and I'll tell you the following Sunday as well. Yeah, sounds good. It'll be, it'll be great. I'm looking forward to this. Um, but no, that's the end of our podcast for episode one. Um, Millie, thank you very much for your time. As always, thanks for the hard questions. This is what we're about on this section of our podcast as well. So um, do you have any closing messages for our listeners, Millie, before we move on to the next topic of conversation? Um, it was just great to talk about a topic that's not really spoken about. I mean, it's very, there is a lot of awareness now but in terms of like the depth of it, it's not really spoken about. So it's great. And if anyone's listening, take, try and take on board a few of the tips because honestly, like they really do work. Um, and yeah, just work hard at what you want to do. Get those habits in um, and be confident in yourself. Stand up and be confident. Yeah. Remember, there's only one you. So only you can be in charge of your own confidence. You're the captain exactly. of your ship and you're the master of your own fate. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. Take care and goodbye.